feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Cosby Show, several hot topics later on, by the way, in the show. We're going to talk about what I think is such a huge national security issue, in addition to the border, and we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, But later on the show, we're going to talk about the fact that our president has tapped into our emergency oil reserves yet again. This, to me, is an unbelievable moment. It's only supposed to be in really, truly wartime conditions, essentially. And it's because of his crazy left loony kazuni policies that now we are yet again tapping into our strategic reserves. And I think that just sends such a huge message of weakness across the world. We're going to take your calls on that coming up later on in the show. But also, speaking of weakness, boy, is our southern border one big mess. And today, now they started pouring in to the tent city that's at Randall's Island, of course, right there on the East River. Uh, Remember, they were originally in Orchard Beach in New York. And remember, they said, oh, no, 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 we can't be there. We can't put the migrants there because it's not ideal. AOC was complaining that it's in a flood area. And so what did we do? The New York basically taxpayers footed the bill to spend over 300000 to move what they set up there as a tent city, the original migrant tent city. Then they had to spend another 300000 not just to move it, but then another 300000 to set up the new one that's now in Randall's Island. I mean, that's amazing. So get it, 300000 300000 over $600,000 is what it has already cost New York City taxpayers, just for that little move, for what they said was not in the right place for the illegal migrants who have crossed into New York. And many of these, of course, have been bussed in. But guess what? Mayor Eric Adams, still to this day, he's not complaining about all the ones that have come from El Paso. And El Paso, by the way, has sent over 11,000 to New York City. Governor Abbott of Texas via bus to New York City has sent about 3,000. So wouldn't it really sound logical to say we're going to go after the El Paso mayor because he's clearly sending more than Governor Abbott is, much more. I mean, look at that. It's like almost four times more. But yet we are hearing nothing from New York City Mayor Eric Adams and from other liberal mayors across the country because the only ones that they seem to have problems with are Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis. Could it be because the Democratic mayor of El Paso is just that, a liberal, a Democrat? So it's okay if he sends four times the amount of illegal migrants via bus and drops them off in New York City. Oh, that's no problem. But if you send a lot less of them, but it comes from a Republican, then it's a huge problem. So the hypocrisy is really, really ripe. And so they opened up this migrant city. And this is the tent city. And by the way, Google is calling it Adam's Tent City. I love that because, you know, 
Eric Adams didn't want it to be called that. He wanted to be called whatever the fancy schmancy name is, the Rehabilitation Refugee Center, whatever it is. Um, however, Google is calling it what we should all could should call it, Adams Tent City. That's the way they're identifying it. And now people have started to move in. And what they are getting, I can't wait to get your reaction to this. Because inside the migrant tent city, again, these are illegal migrants who came to New York City, whether they were sent from the Democrat, again, in El Paso, or whether they were sent from the Republican, from the state of Texas overall, from Governor Abbott, or elsewhere. Or maybe they came in on one of those secret flights that President Biden and his team barely acknowledge that continue to come in all over the country. Well, inside the new tent city, it's this one big tent, and then there's sort of separate tents. And in this tent city, they're getting three meals. They're getting fluff and fold laundry. They're getting a TV, and they also have an Xbox. They have video games. So don't you think that's awfully nice for people who are illegal migrants? Listen, I want to make sure that everybody is taken care of. I don't think that they should be treated poorly. I don't blame them. As I've always said, they want to come to America. It's the greatest country in the world. I say bravo to them for wanting to come to this great country, which we all know and love. But think about how much money that is costing now New York taxpayers and also federal tax dollars that are being spent. Should migrants who are illegal make basically better conditions than our homeless veterans, than many other Americans who are not in great straits right now, thanks to the Biden economy. So don't you think there's a little bit of problem here with the fact that they're getting Xboxes? And in fact, if you look at the images, these Xboxes are like placed on top of their pillows. You see like, again, the fluff and fold laundry. I'd love to have someone who's doing fluff and fold laundry. I'm not very good at laundry, so I think that would be great. You know, maybe we should all move into one of these migrant tents and we can have cushy conditions. You know, I'd be, I'm facetious when I say, hey, maybe they should be ordering lobster and champagne. Are we supposed to be paying for that too as well? What are your thoughts? Isn't this a little over the top? And, you know, if you listen to even some of these civil liberties groups, they're saying it doesn't go far enough. They are saying essentially, that these migrant tent cities that have just been set up really aren't fair because they're saying the beds are too close to each other or there's too many in a tent. Uh, Maybe it's not the right kind of Xbox. Maybe the fluff and fold has too much uh, laundry detergent in it. I'm not sure what. Maybe the white glove service isn't white glove enough. You know, maybe they're supposed to have, you know, maids or something else, too. Who knows what they're talking about? But isn't that astounding to you? Like, after all of that, that they are saying that essentially it doesn't go far enough. What kind of planet are they on? Can you think of another country that somebody would be coming in, especially some of these third world countries in the world, where suddenly somebody comes in and plops in, comes illegally to the country, they get put on a bus, they get dropped off in New York, and now they're getting fluff and fold laundry, and they're getting an Xbox, and they're getting all these other things. That, to me, is absolutely astounding. Take a listen. First off, I want to say some comments because this is amazing. This is from uh, the New York Immigration Coalition Executive Director. And he says, quote, 
Mayor Adams must immediately halt any future plans to use or expand tents around our city. Instead, prioritize the use of underutilized buildings to house new asylum seekers and intensely work to decompress the New York City shelter system by providing permanent housing to our unhoused neighbors. So this person with the New York Immigration Coalition is saying the tents aren't good enough. That fluff and fold laundry isn't good enough. He's saying they deserve permanent housing. You know, do they deserve, again, a bellman? Do they deserve a car? Do they deserve, like, unlimited phone calls? I mean, what is next? Should they get, like, maybe $10,000 a year uh, to buy stuff, you know, at Target or Amazon or wherever they want to go buy it? I mean, this to me is really incredible that they're insulted at the conditions at the tent city, which, again, as I just read to you and you see the images, it's actually not too bad. I've been to a lot of summer camps, and they didn't have Xbox then. They didn't have fluff and fold laundry. It was like, uh, it's 6 o'clock, get up and do your laundry. And don't forget to pitch the tent while you're at it. And don't forget to, uh, you know, do XXX. Are you kidding me? What about so many of our homeless veterans and homeless other individuals? Shouldn't they be getting priority for permanent housing? Where are these people with this so-called New York Immigration Coalition that a nice tent with clearly people who care about them and, and try to get them off on their best foot, that that's not good enough? And guess who's paying for it all? You and I are, and that is what is absolutely astounding. What are your thoughts as you're hearing about what is going on and the fact that Mayor Eric Adams has now pitched the old tent city and it's full of fluff and fold laundry? Again, three meals a day, by the way. I can't remember when I had a chance to have three meals a day. I'm too busy. But they seem to be okay. There's no requirement, by the way, for them to actually work or to do anything while they are there they can enjoy the services of new york and the federal government by the way it's not just three meals uh they also have tea service they have snacks are provided coffee tea water will be available around the clock like one of those vip lounges you know at a hotel uh each bed is provided with a full set of sheets there's more than 60 dining tables that are set up in a tent There's also a nice rec room, by the way, and two popcorn machines, TVs, Xbox game consoles, ping pong. Don't forget about that. Uh, Football tables, foosballs, by the way, foosball also, board games, um, bank of 12 phones that can be used to make international calls at any time. The entire site's also equipped with Wi-Fi with heating and cooling units uh, because that will keep the tents around 70 degrees. So am I missing something here? I'm all for helping everybody. But if you walk around some of the big cities in this country, including New York City, there's a lot of homeless veterans. You see a lot of them with those signs saying, please help. I'm a Vietnam vet or I'm an Iraqi vet um, looking for help. Um, don't you think maybe there should be a separate tent for them? And maybe we should give it to them first before these people who have come here and are getting all these amazing perks. Where's the incentivization? To make them work. Where's the incentivization uh, for anybody to not say, hey, I'm just going to cross the border 
Because guess what? You know what's happening? These people are smart. They get the word out between themselves. As soon as the word gets out that the border's open, guess what? We saw those T-shirts. I love President Biden. So you know the word is out that, hey, hurry up and try to get bus to New York because they got a nice tent and you can get fluff and fold laundry and you can just see the list. Here's it's like, you know, it's like a menu. Hey, if you want to go to New York, here's what's available. And it's also going to probably put pressure on some of these other cities now to do the same. Muriel Bowser, I'm waiting for the tent city. There's already, by the way, a bit of a tent city that's set up outside of Union Station, if you've ever been to D.C. And certainly in San Francisco, there's plenty of tent cities for our homeless uh, that they have set themselves. But why is there not a major one like this about to happen? This just sets the standard for the rest of the country. They're going to say, hey, New York is doing it. Why aren't you doing it? And if not, it's going to make sure that almost every single illegal migrant, Eric Adams has said, we can't handle the influx. And again, they've had barely the influx. I mean, Governor Abbott, again, has sent them about 3,000. El Paso, the city, Democratic mayor, has sent about 11,000. That's nothing. That is still less than what the Texas, Arizona, what they basically get every single day. I mean, that's what's amazing. They, on a, on a high day, they might get 20,000 people that cross the border that they know of. That doesn't even include the gotaways. So that's a whole other issue. But tell me, this is not going to draw more people to come to New York City because the word's going to get out, whether they're in Venezuela or Mexico or wherever they're starting from, even Afghanistan, as we found of late, and Iraq and Iran and everywhere else. Because guess what? They're all coming through that southern border. But the word is going to get out. Hey, get on a bus and go to New York. You think that this is going to dissuade people from coming to New York City? This is going to be like the magnet. He might as well just put on the old neon sign saying, if you want five-star service, come to New York. So this just totally debunks anything Eric Adams has ever said about the migrant crisis and complaining about how much it costs. Because guess what? You might as well just add a couple zeros to it because he just opened the floodgates and he is causing other mayors across the country to try to do the same thing. And guess what? We are going to have so many more coming to New York and other major cities across the country. If they get the word, hey, you get this. And at some of these fairs, some of these health fairs, they're getting free health care. They're getting free cell phones. Uh, You know, why don't we give them, you know, million dollars each why stop at just all these other things i'm being facetious because it's like where do we draw the line 1-800-848-9222 1-800-848-9222 and when we come back we are going to take your calls we're going to also talk about what's going on in el paso the number is 1-800-848-9222 The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.
never go wrong with a little bit of foreigner. They are, I love, let's play it a little bit. It's, it's a fun night. It's a Wednesday night. And we got foreigner. Bring me back to my high school and college days. Well, they are crossing the border illegally. Are they playing head games with us? The 10 city has been set up on Randall's Island in New York, and immigration officials are saying it's not good enough. Listen to the reporting because everybody says New York City Mayor Eric Adams set it up, and guess what? It's going to be named after him whether he likes it or not. Listen to the reporter on the Today Show. The 84,400-square-foot facility is made up of three giant white tents, slated to temporarily house as many as 500 single male migrants, with wall-to-wall cots, laundry center, cafeteria, and recreation area. Overnight, Google Maps labeling the location, quote, Adam's Tent City. He owns it, and guess what? There are mixed emotions about it. I don't think you uh, have to wonder where I stand, but take a listen to how NBC reported it. In New York, the mayor now under fire for housing the migrants on Randall's Island. Republicans say it's a waste of money, while critics from the left say the tents are unacceptable. So waste of money or not good enough for the illegals? What are your thoughts? Very different opinions. And should they be getting something better, like permanent housing for free? That's what immigration officials are saying. one 800 848 Nine two two two. Let's go to Eddie on line four. Ed, your thoughts about this? Oh, God bless you, Rita. I love what you're fired up. Thank you. You know what? To me, it's outrageous. And you know why, Eddie? Um, and and we see it everywhere. There are so um, many homeless Americans who need our help, yeah. and a lot of veterans. You look at the economy now, and oh, I'm all for helping as many people, yeah. but you can't yeah. do it yeah. all, Ed. Uh, well, my father in the Army Air Corps was spending so much on these people that shouldn't be here illegally. And I see Eric, by the way, by seeing you and um, Rudy Giuliani in a float waving to you, it made my day. <laughs> you call me a patriot, brother. Uh, Thank you. You are, a sweet piece of, you are a sweet piece of cake, lady, I'll tell you. You're, you're a wonderful person. And um, Eric Adams, he's got these $5,000 suits, but I see him as a kite. He wants to fly to mayor, what do you think, to presidency. He isn't doing anything. And I think they said to you the other night that, you know what, we're we're not – I'm humble. I'm a nuclear medicine technologist. I'm a public speaker. I had a little radio show once, and I don't know everything. But I surround myself with very intelligent people, like Dale Carnegie taught me. So what's the answer, uh, Ed? What, What do you think is the answer? What should be done in this case? What in, in what case with what's going on in the subway? Well, well let's or, uh, let's talk about the ten city and the, and the fact that there are groups well, that say it's not good enough, Ed. Uh, okay, so I, I know a lodge that I belong to in Orchard City or Orchard uh, Beach, and um, well, winter's coming. Winter's coming, so it's not good enough. Um, I don't know. We maybe we should we should interview them, see who they are. See what the criminal records are, maybe send them back to wherever they came from. Yeah, no, that, and um, by the way, Ed, that's a great point that at minimum, and I agree with you on that, at minimum, we need to check 
their criminal records. Um, and we need to make sure that they are properly cleared. Second of all, you know what? Um, you know, Biden the other day was talking about keeping some of the Venezuelans across on the other side of the border. Uh, that's sort of the remain in Mexico. Ha ha. That was Trump's. Um, I think we need to be instituting remain in Mexico fully, not just with them. I would love for us to be able to be helpful to everybody around the world. But guess what? At a certain point, right now with the economy busting, we can't afford it. And we certainly have to vet them all before they end up at a tent city in New York. We're going to continue with your calls, and I love you. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Michigan where a deputy was presented with two awards after diving into a creek to save a fleeing suspect from a burning vehicle. Deputy Bill Warner received both a life-saving award and a Medal of Honor by the Lanawi County Sheriff's Office for his bravery. Now, the incident began when the deputy pulled over two men in an SUV and discovered that both occupants had outstanding felony warrants. One of the suspects immediately jumped from the vehicle and fled the area on foot, while the other hopped into the driver's seat and drove off. Shortly afterwards, the suspect's SUV struck another vehicle before flipping and crashing into a creek embankment. Body cam footage released by the Sheriff's Department shows that Deputy Warner exited his patrol vehicle and ran toward the suspect's overturned car. Shortly after the deputy reached that SUV, it became engulfed in flames with the suspect's legs trapped inside. So the officer quickly jumped into the creek and attempted to free the man's legs from the burning SUV. After several minutes, the officer was able to pull the man out, dunking his lower body into the creek water to put out the flames that were still inching up the suspect's feet and legs. What a dramatic scene. Deputy Warner's actions were exceptionally meritorious, said the local sheriff there. And he further said they showed exemplary courage by the officer putting himself at great risk and danger to save the life of the driver, who again had an outstanding felony warrant. The deputy's actions bring great credit to himself, the sheriff's department, and the citizens of our county. Wow, what a great story, and what a powerful story about the commitment that our law enforcement have, even to those who have outstanding warrants. He still went in and put his own life on the line to save that guy and indeed saved that person's life. Well, we are talking about the situation on the border and the fact that now all of those who have crossed illegally, by the way, they believe at the end of two years, it's going to be somewhere around five million people will have crossed the border under President Biden just in two years. That's going to be four million plus technically that they've had encounters with. 
and about a million they believe that are, quote, gotaways, that they have no idea where they are. And those who have crossed the border illegally, well, many of them, guess what? They're put on buses and they are sent to New York City. Many of them are coming from El Paso, Texas. And what's really interesting about El Paso, uh, this comes at a time where the El Paso mayor, as I mentioned, has sent about 11,000 illegal migrants to New York City on buses. Mayor Adams didn't say anything about those, had no problems with those. But now suddenly Governor Abbott of Texas has sent about 3,000. And now it's like, oh, the system's about to burst. Those 3,000 are putting pressure on the city of New York. But the 11,000 that continue to come from the Democratic mayor, oh, they're absolutely fine. So that's the hypocrisy of this entire system and some of these comments that are coming from the New York City mayor. And that's happening also in D.C. and so many other cities across this country. Well, there's been some astounding new developments that also came out of El Paso. And first off, the situation in El Paso is nuts. The border is a mess. They are getting overrun to the point where there are literally, they said, hundreds of thousands of migrants that are just kind of hanging out in the city of El Paso because all of the homeless shelters are overrun, all the facilities that they've been trying to set up to house these people. They're just coming at such a voracious pace that they have no place to put them. And they say basically El Paso right now looks like a third world country. Take a listen. This is the former U.S. Marshal in El Paso, Robert Almonte, talking about what it looks like basically at the border and El Paso. Bottom line is is that in El Paso, uh, the El Paso border, all of the southwest border is not secure. I don't care what anybody says. It, it is not secure. I go to the border. I talk to Border Patrol agents and other agents working the border. I go to Mexico, and, and, and I know, I see firsthand that the border is not secure. Sure. And that's something that uh, we're not doing enough of. Uh, our, our White House is not doing anything. The Mexican government is not doing anything. And here's a little bit more of how he describes basically just the overrun of what was once a great American city. When the migrants from Venezuela came into El Paso and they were, uh, El Paso was basically overwhelmed. They were truly overwhelmed. They had to set up tents. Uh, and at that time, I believe it was an emergency, but uh, my hat goes off to uh, the city of El Paso under the leadership of Oscar, sure. uh, Mayor Oscar Leeser to uh, get a handle on the situation. Uh, but, yeah, it was an emergency at that time. And so here is the new development. Get this. Apparently, according to city officials in El Paso, they are basically saying that the mayor of El Paso, given how many people are just kind of hanging out on the streets and under, you know, freeway bridges and everything there, again, there's been about, whatever, 15,000 or so in New York City. We're talking hundreds of thousands in El Paso. And so the mayor there, who's a Democrat, Mayor Oscar Lesser, apparently wanted to declare, just as Eric Adams did, a state of emergency regarding what's happening with the illegal migrants. What that does is it asks for federal funds. It says federal assistance. It's all these different things that they need. Understandably, you would think El Paso would have asked for it a long time ago, right? So apparently... The mayor down there, the Democrat, wanted to do it and kind of follow suit after Eric Adams. And guess what? He was apparently told 
keep your mouth shut by the Biden administration. That is an astounding development because the Biden administration, according to reports, didn't want the attention of another Democratic city, and especially El Paso, which really isn't a state of emergency, to declare that and draw attention to the problems at the U.S. southern border, especially before the midterm elections, which are now less than three weeks away. So isn't that amazing? That this guy who would love to have federal funds and love to have federal support, and understandably, it's a crisis. I'm surprised he didn't declare it years ago. My goodness. You know, the first day Biden came into office, I would have declared it on El Paso. You know, but here he is being patient and was about to declare it, according to reports. And guess what? He's told by the Biden administration, do not do that. We are telling you, do not do that. Because the optics essentially would not look good. What a shameful situation. So guess what? The people of El Paso now have to pay for all of this. So if you're a resident of El Paso, you got to be furious that you're footing the bill because President Biden doesn't want to draw attention to the open southern border and the crisis set at the border. What crisis? What problem at the border? We see the pictures with our own eyes. Anyway, here is El Paso Council Member Claudia Rodriguez. Take a listen, because she publicly now is recounting what she says the Democratic mayor of El Paso told her about wanting to declare an emergency and that the Biden White House said, shh, keep your mouth shut. Take a listen. The mayor promised me in May that if this thing ever got really bad, that he would absolutely declare a disaster declaration. Um, and that has not happened. We've had multiple opportunities for him to do so. In September, I had a phone call with him. I called him and I told him I was really concerned about the increasing number in migrants that we were having. Um, I asked him to please consider again to, you know, declare a state of emergency. And, you know, he said, uh, not at this time. You know, I, the White House asked me not to do it. Um, and so, that was the conversation I had with him a couple of weeks later after that out and open during one of our council meetings. I challenged him again and again. He said, you know, the White House asked me not to do it. Our congresswoman asked me not to do it. And for me, that was just kind of like, are you kidding me? We were elected to serve the people of El Paso and not to necessarily, you know, put politics into it. That's amazing. So the people of El Paso, because of the optics at the White House, doesn't want to draw attention to the southern border and the crisis that they have created. Too bad, El Paso. You just pay for it all yourselves. No big deal. I mean, that is amazing. And I'd love to know the conversation that happened. We don't know between Biden and Eric Adams. He probably wasn't happy that Eric Adams declared a state of emergency, even though he's had really a drop in the bucket compared to what El Paso's had. But I bet it was like, I can't believe you did that. You know, I can't believe, boy, wouldn't you have loved to have been a fly on the wall on that one? It probably wasn't a nice conversation. If this guy who's been wanting to obviously declare a state of emergency. And that's why this council member, Claudia Rodriguez, says it's so unfair to the local residents. And that goes for El Paso or any place across this country. You want to pay the bills for these illegal migrants? Take a listen. 
It's a huge crisis over here in El Paso, but the biggest issue that I have with it is that, you know, this is a federal issue and my constituents are having to pay for this bill. Um, we're using taxpayer money from their general fund to be able to operate and facilitate this whole situation in El Paso. And the former U.S. Marshal in El Paso, Robert Almonte, says this is so inappropriate of the Biden administration passing the buck because they don't want to have open border be a huge issue on the midterms. I don't think that's right, obviously, for the president or the White House or anybody else, for that matter, to tell uh, the mayor of El Paso or anybody else what to say and what not to say. Uh, but I can tell you this. I do know the, the mayor of El Paso, Oscar Leeser. I know him personally. And I can tell you that uh, it doesn't matter who called him, the president, the White House, anybody else. Uh, as, as you mentioned, as his statement uh, said, he's going to do what's in the best interest for the people of El Paso. He's not going to play into uh, politics, and uh, he's going to do the right thing. Well, so far, he's being a good little boy, according to the White House. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Ben online, too. Ben, your thoughts about all this? Yeah, Rita, um, like I said to the call screener, thank him for taking my call. I, he is I smiling think, uh, right now, and he thanks you for the wonderful call, too. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, yeah, you know, I've called several times, and, um, yeah, so uh, I think uh, Eric Adams is doing a, a smash-up bang job because, you know, he's um, he's doing just what um, uh, the Democrats uh, want to do. You know, um, America is evil. And America is not, you know, a shining light on the hill. And, you know, so we got to bring her down, you know. So he. By the way, um, Ben, how sad is that? Because I know you're obviously being facetious. And how sad is that, that that you have to wonder. um, And and I've said this and I I don't use this word lightly when I when I talk. I use the expression dereliction of duty because to protect our borders and to protect our sovereignty and our security that is priority number one of any president and and any, you know, official. And how sad is it what I was just talking about, that apparently this El Paso mayor was told, keep your mouth shut. Clearly, you're in crisis. Anybody could see how many. If you look at the images from El Paso, it looks like uh, it looks like uh, like the worst slum you could ever imagine in a third world country. It doesn't look like an American city. It, it breaks my heart because I like El Paso. It's a great city. Um, and yet you look at it, I, my heart goes out for these people. And the Biden White House is basically saying, be quiet, don't say anything, because privately, clearly, they want to try to minimize what's going on in the border because they know how bad it is and they know Americans can't stand it if they see the polls. And, and hey, Rita. you know, shameful, Ben. Rita, check this out. Um, you know, it's like they take care of foreigners more. I remember Dinesh D'Souza's film about Obama. Here, Obama, uh, President Obama, his brother in Africa, uh, wherever he is from, was living in squatter conditions. And here you have the, the most powerful person in the world, and his brother is living. So it's like, you know, hey, we Democrats, you know, we want to stick with our, our uh, philosophy, which is our God. And, uh, you know, we, we, we really don't care. We, we want abortion. Uh, the black community is uh, under, for decades have been, you know, 
what poor poor uh, education and so you know it's for destruction of america and you know and and and, by the, and ben by the way my feeling is you know everybody you know i i see people as as colorless i just want the best for everybody but i want i care obviously deeply about our country you know and and i am so concerned um and this i think you know and and where i think a, a bit to your point on the opposite end of the spectrum you you listen to people who have crossed the border um and or or come through and have done it the right way let's talk about the people that went through the process they learned the language they did all the the Hispanics right now are really upset with the Democratic Party, and I think it's going to backfire on them in the midterms because people are seeing such utter hypocrisy. And those who worked hard to become American citizens are really starting to resent it at a time where we're paying, you know, so much more uh, when you go out to the grocery store, you go to the gas tank, and you do all these other things, and you just work hard, and you're getting socked. Uh, with, you know, huge bills and you see inflation at every turn. And then you've got an administration that's going, what inflation? What open border? Like we're a bunch of morons. And to me, it's such an insult, Ben, to the hardworking people who really worked hard to become American citizens and those that have just always been American citizens. They resent it. And, and it's getting to a point where it's completely, it's like almost like it's like I, I use the phrase alternate universe because it's almost so unreal that an American president would be pushing an agenda opposite to that. Just as you said, we've had Dinesh on the show and you're right. Dinesh talks about this sort of mindset of this president that he doesn't think there's anything wrong with it. And, and it's like you could pull a second grader off the street and they would have more common sense. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, Rita, the thing is that Obama, not Obama, but uh, President Biden, he doesn't pump his own gas. He doesn't have to pay at the gas. He doesn't do his grocery shopping. And the same thing with uh, AOC, All Out Crazy. They don't they do not do these things, so they don't feel the pump, the pinch. But let's hope that, you know, we take the Senate, we take the House, and, um, you know, uh, President Biden just becomes a um, a, a puppet. And then, you know, uh, we'll have Trump back in, what, 2024? And, um, and you know, we'll try to do the best we can with, uh, with the flawed people we have. And, um, and yeah, so. Thank you. Well, so, Ben. Uh, ben. Hey, Rita, Rita. Yeah, real hope, quick, Ben, go I, ahead. I hope you're voting for Zeldin, and, uh, but you probably won't say. <laughs> yeah, by the way, I won't say, but. He is definitely the one who cares about law and order and has made that a huge priority in the campaign. And we had him on the show, too. Um, And you bring up a superb point. When you go to the voting booth, think who is going to keep your family safe. Ben, thank you very much. You're awesome. We're going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. What do you make of the fact that this president has made a concerted effort to keep that border wide open? And is telling even Democratic mayors that are right there on the crisis of it all in El Paso and elsewhere, keep your mouth shut. Don't talk about what a problem the border is. Hint, hint. The midterms are right around the corner. And we want to win so we can bring more across. Are you kidding me? The Rita Cosby Show. We are 
are talking about the new migrant city set up where some immigration groups are saying it's not good enough. Fluff and fold laundry, three meals a day, snacks available 24-7. It sounds like a vacation to me. And they are also getting it all paid for by American taxpayers. And anybody who complains, the Democratic mayors especially who complain on the border that are being overrun in Texas, if that's what New York's dealing with, imagine what Texas is dealing with in terms of the numbers. They're basically told privately, according to reports, keep your mouth shut. The midterms are around the corner, and we want to bring in more after the midterms. Wow. Think about what's going to happen to America after that. We can't handle that many more. I mean, this is crazy. This is so crazy at a time where you're seeing how much more groceries are costing, eggs, milk, meat, everything is rising. And yet, if you're an illegal migrant, you're getting fluff and fold laundry and everything else. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jim on line two. Jim, your thoughts about all this. Okay, Rita. Uh You know, a lot of Americans must be asking themselves the question, what could be the motive for Joe Biden to leave the floodgates open like this? I mean, I can understand if, you know, after a couple of months he wants to come across as a a humanitarian president, oh, I'm not going to put up a wall and block these poor people out. But after a couple of months, you see people are drowning, getting kidnapped, raped, fentanyl. I, I have to go through the list, you know. What's the motive? What do you it's think? Most, what do you think, Jim? I, I, I'm going to tell you. It's the most horrendous thing that any president could possibly do. It's for, I hope all your uh, listeners are paying, paying attention. Listen carefully. It's for votes. This is all he cares about. Eventually, they're going to be for votes. Now, Rita, there's only two words in the English language that I could think of to describe how horrendous this is. And that's sinister and evil. But that's what's residing in the Oval Office right now. Well, maybe not right now. Maybe he could have a, a young girl petting his uh, blonde hair on his leg. <laughs> you mean, uh, or corn pop, right? Remember? Uh, right, 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 right. Well, you know what, Jim? First off, regarding your point, it's interesting you say that because you wonder what what conceivable notion would – can you imagine saying to any – president of any country. Hey, do you want to just open your borders, let people come on in, even though some of them, you know, are on the terrorist watch list. Don't worry about screening everybody. Just do the best you can. Don't worry about hiring extra staff to monitor it. Uh, they can be babysitters and then give them fluff and fold laundry and cell phones and 24-hour snack service. Somebody would say, are you crazy? I mean, honestly, another president would, uh, on another country, I could almost go to any other country out there. They'd go, what, are you kidding me? And yet, this president, just like you said, it's interesting, a lot of people in Homeland Security, particularly folks in the Trump administration who've been there on the front lines, like Chad Wolf and Ken Cuccinelli, who we've had on the show, say exactly what you are saying, Jim, that they are basically going to say, hey, guess what? Let's make them all legal. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I know your name is Rita. Cause your pot feels smelling sweet. Since 
You are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. We're going to take your calls in a second on our wide-open border and the fact that there are immigration groups who are upset that the migrants who are getting fluff-and-fold laundry and everything else of the new tent city, the Eric Adams tent city, uh, that they are saying it's not good enough for them, that they deserve more free perks. We're going to take your calls on that in a moment. And by the way, also, later on in this hour, um, you know, we were talking about the fact that the border is so wide open, and I really do think that that is a dereliction of duty. And I think especially if Republicans take over the House and the Senate um, and even just the House come the midterm elections, which, again, are right around the corner, um, you can bet that they will call in people like Alejandro Mayorkas, the head of Homeland Security, to say, are you kidding me? How could you call yourself the head of Homeland Security when that border is so wide open and so porous and so dangerous? And also, uh, you can bet that they would try to get the president to say, you know, what is going on here with this policy? We need to change this. Because then the Republicans would also be able to hold some of the purse strings and be able to help decide where money goes and where money doesn't go. So there's a lot of impacts of what happens with the midterm elections. And that's why it's so important when you go into the voting booth, think law and order, think safety and security. Well, speaking of that, later on in the hour today, we're going to be talking about the fact that President Biden has done something also very dangerous, not just the open border, but the fact that he is now tapping into our emergency oil reserves, the strategic petroleum reserves, which are supposed to only be for basically dire circumstances, you know, uh, America at war um, or that all of our, you know, uh, a lot of the drilling or things have been like destroyed because of natural disasters or things like that. They're literally supposed to be for emergencies. And guess what's happened? This president has now yet again tapped into it and doesn't seem to really care. And it's astounding because the reason he's tapping into it, let's get this straight. The reason he tapped into it before uh, was because gas prices were going up and he wanted to bring them down because uh, he knew that that didn't look good for the Democrats. Guess what? And what did he do also? He sold some of our strategic emergency reserves to China. Are you kidding me? China, who is definitely an adversary on so many levels, he ships them out to China. And then he starts talking about windmills and everything else in our country. So not only has he basically depleted a huge portion of our strategic reserves that are supposed to be used, again, for emergencies, he is helping and coddling other countries. And the part of the reason he has decided to now tap into it again, even though he said he wasn't going to do it again, uh, they changed course pretty quickly, is because guess what? Gas prices are going up and the midterms are right around the corner. So here he is making the announcement just a little bit ago that he's going to tap into our emergency reserves and he better not sell it to China again. Take a listen. The Department of Energy released another 15 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, extending our previously announced release through the month of December. Independent analysis, uh, excuse me, independent analysts have confirmed that drawdowns on the reserves so far have played a big role in bringing down oil prices, bringing them down. So we're going to continue to responsibly use that national asset. Right now, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is more than half full, with about 400 million barrels of oil. That's more than enough 
for any emergency drawdown. So here's something he could do. Go and support our oil and gas industry. He has vilified them, and he did again today. He basically said, you're price gouging, you're doing this. We know that they have been very restrictive on permits. He has really called an all-out war, a verbal war, and also in terms of logistics. Who wants to drill right now? Why would you ever take a chance when this president has said climate change and windmills are his priority in killing the fossil fuel industry? And so... He clearly won't go back on that. He is so beholden to his green agenda that he's going to put us in a precarious situation. And so he knows that, you know what, the gas prices are going up and more than he doesn't want to change his policy. So what he'll do instead is tap into our emergency reserves so he can try to bring down gas prices right before the election so people won't say, gosh, gas prices are sky high. You know, he's trying to clearly win votes with this, and it's disgusting and it's dangerous. So take a listen. Here he is, because, of course, the obvious question to him today when he announced it was clearly you're doing this for political reasons because the right thing to do is say drill, baby, drill. What is your response to Republicans who say you are only doing this SPR release because, to help Democrats in the midterms? Where have they been the last four months? That's my response. Is it politically motivated, sir? This no, moment, it's not. Three weeks before the midterms? Look, it makes sense. I've been doing this for how long now? It's not politically motivated at all. It's motivated to make sure that I continue to push on what I've been pushing on. And that is making sure there's enough oil that's being pumped by the companies so that we have the ability to be able to produce enough gas that we need here at home, oil we need here at home. And at the same time, keep moving in the direction of providing for alternative energy. That's what I've been doing. Now, the problem is these guys are asleep. I don't know where they've been. And they seem, you know, the price at the pump should reflect what the price of a barrel of oil cost, and it's not going down consistently. I contend he has put us in such a national and international security dire situation because he is so beholden to the left wing of the Democratic Party that he won't open up the spigots, which would help so many American jobs. His crazy ideology is now putting us in a really dangerous situation. And so he's doing this short-term fix to tap into our, quote, emergency reserves so he could try to win votes come November for the Democratic Party. It is disgusting, absolutely disgusting. At the same time, by the way, that he's going after Saudi, remember, because the Saudis revealed that he had a discussion with them when they wanted to cut, and they're planning to cut, as we know, uh, 2 million barrels a day. And so he came out and said, oh, that's not good. Turns out he tried to get the Saudis to delay it till after the midterms. And the Saudis came out and said Biden was trying to basically tell us to hold off until maybe after November and then do the cuts. What's happening on November 8th? Could it be one of the most important elections for Joe Biden and for the Democratic Party? Huh. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, we're talking about another thing that is a huge national security risk, and that, of course, is our wide-open southern border. Take a listen today, just a little bit ago, Vice President Pence, the former Vice President under President Trump, 
Um, remember, he and Trump haven't always seen eye to eye, but they definitely see eye to eye on the issue of border security and securing this country. He described how different the border is now compared to when it was under President Trump. Take a listen to Vice President Pence. Under the Trump-Pence administration, we reduced illegal immigration at our southern border by 90 percent. And this administration has been pursuing policies that have resulted in an open border. Wide open border. And he says the message from this administration, the Biden administration, is very clear to anybody who wants to cross through. The messages coming out of the Biden administration are the problem that literally from day one, when they when they when they unwound our remain in Mexico policy, they they stopped the construction of the border wall. All of those messages have created this avalanche of illegal immigration. Really scary stuff. And yet the border continues to be wide open. And anybody who complains about it gets a message from the Biden administration. Keep your mouth shut. Want to bet that maybe November 9th, it won't be as much of a problem. Boy, suddenly there's a problem at the border on November 9th. Boy, suddenly, you know what? Uh, maybe we won't tap into the strategic reserves anymore. We're going to have to look at windmills on November 9th. Boy, the politics are just so disgusting. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jennifer in Boston, line six. Jen, your thoughts. Rita, you are the best. You're amazing. You and Dominic, I just adore you both. And um, And by the way, I adore Dominic. So you and I have something in common. All right, Jen? (laughs) You're both national treasures. You really are. Um, I'm really fuming, Rita. Um, I heard the report today how these uh, these fighting age men, you know, a lot of them with their tattoos, and they, it, it, I, please, they are able to um, have their meals, their laundry. There's a phone bank, so they can call friends and family back home. They're going to have Xboxes and TV and couches to lounge around us. Rita, my my friend runs the New England Shelter for Homeless Veterans, the largest shelter in the New England area. When you see what these men go through, what they have to go through to get assistance, all of them that are hurting, when you look at the current military bases throughout this country, Rita, the deplorable living conditions, whether it's in barracks or housing, it's a well-known fact. Josh Hawley was talking about it the other day during a hearing. It's gone on for years. They're standing water in homes, mold in most of them. They are falling apart, and yet we wouldn't let these Illegal aliens live in a condition like that for a day, but it's fine for the best of us, which are our military, our fighting military, and our military veterans. And what I would like to see are a group of veterans go to that tent city and stand in the doorways and say, not one more goes through, not one more, not until every one of our veterans is housed and properly housed in dignified conditions. And then after that, not until every one of our American citizens is housed. Families, there was a woman shot the other night in Florida living in a car with her husband. And it's despicable that we as Americans allow this to happen. I'll tell you, I don't understand where the lack of national outrage is. And I have family members, Rita, that can't afford medicine that their doctors want them on. And yet these people aren't going to miss a pill. They're having, they have medical facility on hand there. they do you think any of them are going to not get what they need for medicine? Of course they are. The people in my family that busted their backside and worked to help people in the medical field their whole life now can't afford things. 
And they they have to do without. I don't. I, I will never understand it. And like I said, I would love to see the veterans at the very least rise up. They've done so much for us. They're the best amongst us. And I love that you honor them and you honor the blue. And, and I will never understand how we have allowed this to happen. One, are you still there, Rita? Yes, I am. You know what? I, I'm. By the way, I. I Feel your upset and I feel your anger, Jen, because you know how I feel too. I feel so frustrated by the fact um, that our veterans, like you said, they're they're getting passed over. And and when you hear the situation of what's happening, you know, I thought about Jen and as we're talking about the conditions here. Obviously, different situations certainly, but I just want to sort of describe. I'll never forget. Um, I went down to Guantanamo years ago. And I go to Guantanamo and there were all these groups complaining that the inmates, and again, these are the worst among us, remember, at, in Guantanamo, obviously a different situation than the tent city. But you go down to Guantanamo and these groups were human rights groups were saying, oh, things weren't that, that bad. I walked down there and I was disgusted because I saw the dental facility they had there. They had like beautiful, it looked like a, like an American dental office. Can you imagine? You think these, these guys, who are trying to kill us on the fields of Afghanistan, ever had a dentist before? Are you kidding me? And then I walked over to their little movie selection that looked like better than any blockbuster. It was like, you know, hey, if you want to see this movie and this movie, it was like movies, ping pong tables also there too. Why, like, just like you said, it is outrageous. Why are we, and then, and then groups were still saying that the dental facilities were not nice enough. I contend that my dentist's office probably isn't as good as that one. I got a nice dentist, but it, but it wasn't as good as some of those guys. And you're telling me that, you know, so-and-so who was like opening fire on American troops deserves that kind of treatment? And then their cells were nice and spotless. The food looked pretty good. You know, I was like, are you kidding me? I, I left that place thinking these are terrorists and that's the way they're they're getting treated. You know, and then here you have these people who I'm not saying they're terrorists because they're not. There have been some people who've been caught among them who are, but the majority are not. But the regardless is, just like you said, at a time right now where there are so many Americans who would love to have good dental service, they would love to have three meals a day, like you said. And think about our veterans. Every time I walk down the street and I see a homeless veteran that has a sign um, and says, you know, I was in Iraq or I was in Vietnam or something, please help me. And you could tell, you know, sometimes they're, you know, they're got a fake sign or whatever, but a lot of times they're real signs and they're real people who have had really tough times. And just like you said, I actually believe to your point, you have brought up a great idea, Jen, that veterans should be out there protesting or citizens in support of veterans saying, give these to at least veterans first. And if there's something left over, then maybe you find a way to give it to these people. But, you know, or maybe you have some groups who want to donate their own money to help them. Maybe there's somebody. I still go back to President Obama, who has that big compound in Martha's Vineyard. And yet Martha's Vineyard only kept them for 36 hours because they didn't want them in their community. And yet Obama has one of the biggest compounds, probably one of the biggest houses in America. He has a wide open compound. Why didn't they set up the 10 city? In Obama's home, in Martha's Vineyard, Jen. I, I'll get you to respond because I am so angry tonight. Go ahead, Jen. I just appreciate you more than you know. Just that you share. Sometimes you feel like you're living. I mean, we're living among illegal aliens, but sometimes I think my countrymen uh, have just been like invasion of the body snatchers. And last but not least, there's 
there's a, uh, a YouTube video you can watch. It's called um, With Open Gates, The Collective Suicide of the European Nations. Yep, real so quick, Jen, take, real quick. Take a look over there. Look at what the way Sweden just voted in their latest elections. They had the highest level of immigration uh, a few years ago. And now look at their crime statistics. And anyone that doesn't know, 75% of DACA recipients are on at least one form of um, social services, you know, welfare, at least one form. Well, we'll we will definitely, by the way, Jen, thank you. I, we're going up against a heartbreak, but we will definitely take a look at that. Jen, I love you. I appreciate your patriotism and your love of the veterans and your insight. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. talking about illegal migrants and I'm mad tonight maybe I'm a little mean because I am so fed up with just what Jennifer said that we've got so many great Americans who are being cast aside especially in this bad economy and yet we are now talking about giving these illegal migrants fluff and fold laundry 24-hour snack service at this tent city well the situation is just it is. We are hitting the breaking point. And take a listen. This is how former Vice President Mike Pence describes the situation at our southern border just a few hours ago. A crisis at our border, the likes of which this country has never seen. You know, I've been down to the border many times in Arizona in the last year. And when you have the guys wearing the green uniforms look you in the eye, Sandra, and say, we have lost operational control of the border. The cartels control our southern border. That should cause as much alarm as those images that people see day in and day out of thousands of people streaming across the border. It is a scary situation. Let's go to David in L.A., Line 7. David, your thoughts. Yes, well, if you remember two weeks ago when Eric Adams started to complain about the illegal immigrants in New York, I told you he was going to get Joe Biden to say, shut up. And now we've seen that happen. And I'm here in L.A., Rita, as you know, sanctuary city, illegal immigrant capital of the world. So let me run by some problems you can expect with this open border illegal immigration invasion of America. First of all, the welfare system, they tax the welfare system. Everybody gets on welfare. Your state goes broke. Secondly, they all have kids that go into the school systems. They don't speak English. All of a sudden, the schools have to focus on being burdened with big classrooms of kids that don't speak English. Your kids take the back seat. The hospitals, try going to the hospital. You're going to be waiting 18 hours because the illegal immigrants use hospitals like doctors. Those are great points because you're right. It is bearing down on the system. Dave, we got a heartbreak, but I thank you so much for your points. And sadly, that's what's to come basically in every city because every city is becoming a border city. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. 
And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, we just talked with Jennifer about appreciating our veterans, and we love doing that every night here on the show. And a beautiful story coming from beautiful Vero Beach, Florida, where U.S. Army veteran Bill Keegan looked at the display of his service awards in the lobby of the city hall there, and that happened yesterday. He is a 98-year-old World War II veteran, and he had tears in his eyes. The display, which is a collection of his artifacts from his time serving in the European conflict during World War II, will now become a permanent display for generations to come. How beautiful is that? He was very touched by the display, which was put together by the help of members of the military officers of America and also the American Legion. The surprise unveiling in the lobby brought out an overflowing of military pride for those soldiers known, of course, as the greatest generation. Keegan is the recipient of the Bronze Star and a combat medical badge, and he's lived in that area for more than 30 years. He served in the 8th Armored Division during the war, entering France, Belgium, and Germany. His unit was dispatched to liberate surviving prisoners from a concentration camp. As a medic, Keegan saw some of the worst of the war's atrocity. And the former mayor of Vero Beach, Tommy uh, Tony Young, rather, who is a combat medical officer in the Gulf and Iraq Wars, he is leading the fundraising charge to now build a World War II monument on Veterans Memorial Island there. How beautiful is that? He says, remembering what men and heroes like Bill Keegan did is terribly important. These men sacrificed their youth as 19 and 20 year old kids to secure the freedoms that we have today. Beautifully said and so grateful, of course, to the greatest generation. By the way, as many of you know, my father was rescued uh, by the U.S. military in World War II. So I can never say thank you enough to the men and women of the greatest generation and, of course, all of our military members. And we love shining a light on them every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. We are talking, of course, about what's happening at our southern border because it is a crisis point. And now we're finding out that the New York City mayor, uh, basically in this new migrant tent city, has some pretty good conditions for them. Uh, phones, Xboxes. Movies, ping pong, fluff and fold laundry, snack service 24 hours, not a bad deal if you can get it. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to David, line one. David, your thoughts about all this? Yes, good evening, Rita. Um, I met you several weeks ago in studio. I hope you remember me. I'm totally blind. Yes, I do I remember, here. David. I do. Absolutely. And what a pleasure it was to meet you. Thank you. Yes, you sound like a very nice person. But this, I'm somewhat disappointed because of the rhetoric that I've listened to tonight about these not illegal asylum seekers. OK, I was in a New York City homeless shelter for three years. OK, wow. So wow, wow, wow. Yeah. And let me tell you, it wasn't pleasant. But I'll tell you this. Veterans do have preference when it comes to getting housing and other services, okay? And a lot of those people that you see on the street claiming to be homeless with their hands out, they're not really veterans. And some of them that are, 
they're alcoholics or drug addicts. Okay, that's why they're out there. So and, and David, and David, hang on one sec, because because I'll get you to finish. I hear what you're saying in the sense that first off, um, yes, there are people that are clearly on the street that have drug issues. I even said that, by the way. Um, but you can't tell me that you know that. All the veterans that are out there, and many of them, there are veterans that are homeless out there that genuinely would love help. Um, they don't know really where to go. And, you know, and people like them or like yourself even, um, this is an amazing story. I did not know that about you, uh, like you're talking about here, um, that you were uh, in a shelter for three years, um, that those folks who are genuinely here as Americans – um, should be getting help first. And and I'm all for, by the way, David, I am not like anti-immigrant by any means. I think it'd be wonderful to be able to help these people. I never begrudge anybody for coming to this country because it is the greatest country in the world. I'm first-generation American. Um, so, you know, I, I appreciate that this country is a melting pot. On the other hand, there's something incredibly wrong, and you have to admit this, with the border so wide open, people not being vetted, um, that are coming across the border um, and that are coming at record pace, that are being overrun. There's no place to put them. And there are a lot of American citizens who I do think deserve some of those benefits. And I think we have to prioritize. And I think we also just have to vet who's coming into this country. I- I'd love to be able to open the doors to everybody, but we got to be smart and you got to vet people that are coming across the border. I-, I would assume you agree with that. You seem like a very logical guy, David. No, I do agree with that. Listen, in a perfect world, we should shut the border down, process the people that are here, and figure out this situation. But unfortunately, this isn't a perfect world. But let me just finish with this. In New York City, there is a court order that specifies that any person that shows up at a New York City um, agency has to be given a a place and a shelter. That includes veterans, citizens, non-citizens. So, you know, so David, Adams, but David, do they have fluff and fold laundry? Do they have fluff and fold laundry? They have ping pong. In the shelter? You, you just Listen, you just talk pong. about you just told me how terrible the situation was. You're not hearing the migrants saying how bad the situation is in the tent. You know, I'm just saying well, your own the, circumstance. Come on. Wait. All right. They're coming from Venezuela. OK, a lot of these people. So the conditions there are worse than in the tent. But listen, there was laundry in the shelter. I mean, listen, you're talking like we should have these people in squalid conditions so they don't want to come here. Is that what you're really after? No, that isn't. That Actually, you're not hearing me correctly. What I am saying is that they should be vetted and it should be controlled. And I think I also think that there has to be a public discussion about how much taxpayer dollars should go to this, because I do disagree with you. It's not like uh, every veteran who wants a place knows where to get it and gets a cushy situation. You make it sound like there's so much right now. The economy is bad, David. I think we need to prioritize, and I think we just have to vet who is coming through, do the best we can, but also take care of our own at the same time. And I don't think we're doing a good enough job of taking care of our own. That's where I'm coming from. Um, but but I think your call's a, a good one, and I think also your personal experience is a good one. There needs to be discussion, because if you go to the Biden administration, there's no discussion about the border. They don't even want to acknowledge that there's a problem at the border, David. And and you got to agree with me. If you look at the border, you look at those images, every day we see it on TV. Clearly, there's a problem with the border in terms of it being wide open and the fact that there have been some bad people who've gotten through, there's a lot of good ones, 
but there are some bad ones and we're not checking it well enough. You just can't physically do it when you suddenly have, you know, four million people plus crossing in a two year span. It's just inconceivable, David. And at some point we just got to do a better job of vetting and taking care of our own. I think that's really important and doing the best we can to represent, you know, being a melting pot, but being smart about it. That's where I come from, David. Go ahead real quick. Yeah, you know, listen, I'm inclined to agree with you on that. I think we just need to stop with some of this talk that makes it sound like we're trying to be intentionally cruel to people. I believe these people would rather be in their home country, at least the Venezuelans, if they could. But they're coming from a socialist hellhole. But guess what's you know, happening? I, I by the way, by the way, David, your buddy, and I don't know if you're, uh, if you support Joe Biden or not, the one group that Joe Biden is trying to keep back are the Venezuelans. What do you make of that? Because, David, I agree with you. By the way, I went to Caracas years ago. If you think, like, walking down the streets in New York is dangerous, I was like, duck. I mean, Caracas was like, whoa, it was pretty bad. One of the only places I've been that's as worse as that. I've been to Tijuana. That wasn't pretty. But then I've also been to South, you know, like, a, you know, Joburg, which was pretty dangerous, too. But Caracas, to your point, they are leaving a really bad situation. You You hit it exactly on the head. And yet the Biden administration, that's the one group, David, that he's actually saying should maybe remain in Mexico. They're the ones who are actually getting thrown on the wayside, including, by the way, the Cubans aren't having an easier time getting in either. What do you make of that, David? Go ahead. It's Listen, I'm an honest Democrat. That's political pandering because of the reaction to these migrants being bust up north. Biden is a politician. Just like the Republicans are politicians, politicians are politicians are not going to solve these issues. It's going to have to be regular people like you and I who hopefully can figure these things out and just not be cruel to people who are here. By the way, David, a better life. David, one thousand percent. Listen, I absolutely agree with you. That that's it's a beautiful message, and especially because you went through the system. Um, it's really wonderful to get your thoughts. Thank you very much. Great call. And I really appreciate you calling. You got a call again. That was great. Uh, let's go to Pete in Staten Island. Pete, your thoughts. You heard from David. Go ahead. Hi, Rita. After your three calls, it's very hard to follow this up. I got something on my mind all day, and it was uh, because of hearing with the folded laundry and the Nintendos and everything. I have a friend of mine that asked me a question. He's very wealthy. He owns a lot of property on Staten Island, but he's a nice guy, but he's a little ignorant. I explained to him that the reason why we have these benefits, because he was saying, why don't I get these benefits? Why don't I get, you know, this is to protect the homeowners and the working people by giving these people something and by giving them all of this at that camp there is to keep everything quiet. When this thing runs out, these people are not going to be able to get all jobs because we have a shortage of jobs. They're going to have to be going into people's homes and pillages in their house, taking their groceries, taking everything and killing them. And we don't have enough police to protect us from all these people. That's why we throw them an olive branch to keep them calm and settled and out of the way. And we got to all realize we have to make a change. We have to change over to the Republicans because whether they're good or bad, they're going to be better than this. This guy is nuts what he's doing. He's killing our country. He's taking us down the drain. So please, everyone, be warned. Get out there and vote on November the 8th, please. And before that, we got to make a change. Thank you.
Absolutely, Pete. You are terrific. One thousand percent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to John. Uh, line four. John, your thoughts. Hey, John. Evening, Rita. Hey, John. Thank go you ahead. So much, Katrina. Thank you. How are thank you, John? You go ahead. Taking my call. Good. You know, as a former Vietnam vet and a nine eleven responder, and a co-author of the hurricane plan in New York City, October fourth, I called a press conference. I'm a proud. Republican conservative candidate for the assembly up here. I wanted to call out the mayor. Putting a tent city in the hurricane zone is way out of whack. The humanitarian issue, the thousand tentacles of this migrant issue is so vast, and, and really you're addressing every issue, hitting the nail on the head. But the increasing of crime coming about, and and, and I, I, the mayor now is promoting, I, I give him credit, He's a I Love New York program, giving these migrants the 10 Randall's Island in another hurricane zone. The tenders flow, you know, the laundry being folded, the services he's giving them, the popcorn machine you're talking about. It's, it's just out of hand. It I is. Mean, we have to get a handle on this. It is. And, and, and John, that's why. And, and listen, I would love to be able to help everybody possible. But it is, to your point, incredibly out of hand. It's, it is just insanity. It's the definition of insanity. And if we're not taking care of our own first, listen, I would love to be able to help everybody. You know, I think, uh, I, again, and I, I just said this also to a, the, the previous caller, I'd love to be able to help every single person. And I don't begrudge them for coming to this country. But it's also ironic, uh, that a place like Venezuela, where there really are a lot of problems and different issues, guess what? Those ones are being uh, basically vetted and told to basically remain in Mexico and also Cubans, too, as well. Cubans, many of them who vote Republican. What a surprise. They're not being sort of expedited to come through. They're having harder times. Uh, Some of the Ukrainians, by the way, at first were having a hard time because many of them. uh, So it's interesting. You know, it's selective. You can't sort of if if you're going to really be honest about it. And I'm not saying you aren't, John, because I think you obviously very much are. And I think obviously all of you guys calling tonight are. Um, You have to look at as even David, who just called the politics of it, because clearly there's a lot of politics here. And the fact that the Biden administration, according to this report, basically told the Democratic El Paso guy, keep your mouth shut. Don't talk about it. Guess what? The midterms are coming. I mean, that is just that's ridiculous. If you really want to help the people, you got to be honest that the border's wide open. We got to protect ourselves and do the best we can vetting those people. Um, but also taking care very much of our own, including our great veterans. Uh, before we go, I want to also talk about this other news because another huge national security issue is what's happening with our strategic reserves. These are the strategic petroleum reserves. I was not surprised that President Biden came out and said, first he said, okay, no, we're not going to be tapping into the reserves again because clearly they're just for emergency purposes. And guess what? He tapped into the reserves again. First off, by the way, some of the ones that he drained the first time, he sent some of those precious, precious gallons of oil, those barrels of oil. He sent them, guess what? He sent them to China. Wow. That really makes sense. So first, he taps the reserves for the first time, which, again, are only supposed to be basically used for emergency situations. Then now he does it again. And guess what has happened? 
it's because gas prices seem to be rising and people are frustrated and the economy is in such a mess. The inflation is sky high. And yet, if you listen to this president, he's like, what inflation? Remember, he said earlier this week that the economy is strong as hell and we're doing great. Don't worry about it. And in terms of gas prices, don't worry about it. So guess what he is doing as opposed to supporting the fossil fuel industry, which is the bedrock of this country? No, he's not doing that. He won't do that because he is so beholden to his left wing base of the party that he's basically still talking about windmills and he's basically still talking about green energy and climate change. And then on the other hand, he is tapping into our emergency reserves because he knows the midterms are right around the corner and he doesn't want to have high gas prices. He wants to do whatever he can to bring those prices down right before the elections so he could say, what gas prices? What do you mean? And he would rather go to a place like Venezuela and beg for oil or from other places beg for oil and tap into our emergency reserves than encourage business and fossil fuels and oil and gas development in this country. And when he made the announcement, what I thought was so bad, not only is he putting us in a national and international security risk, not having enough oil in this country. We were energy independent under President Trump. Imagine if this president had just continued the policies of President Trump Not only would we be in a much more secure situation from a national security perspective, we would also be giving oil, selling oil to the world, to our allies. They would be in a better situation. So all of these issues with the economy and with so many of these crises could have been solved had he just kept the same oil and gas policies that President Trump had. But no, he just couldn't stand President Trump that everything was no, 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 and he's so beholden to the left wing of his party that he would rather tap into our emergency reserves than concede that his policy is so crazy and putting us in such a dangerous, dangerous situation. When we come back, we're going to take your calls on that. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about major national security risks, of course, the border, but also the fact that our president is depleting our emergency oil reserves, but is not allowing more drilling on U.S. soil and vilifying the oil industry because he is so beholden to wind and solar and everything else And yet he doesn't want gas prices to rise before the midterms because they're right around the corner because he knows politically it's all going to hurt them big time when people go and go to the voting booth and say, gosh, gas is costing more, food's costing more, everything's costing more. And yet this president doesn't want to say his policies have caused this or that it's even about politics. What a bunch of hogwash. 1-800-848-922. Two, two. Let's go to Norm. Line three. Norm, your thoughts. Yes, Rita. To tie together the two issues, we have a lack of leadership in this country. That is the problem. 
Okay, we have we have all of these people coming here from Venezuela, and yet we have a wealthy administration in Venezuela who have an administ- who have a consulate on 51st Street filled with fat cats. Okay, who are not who are not coming across the border? Nah, they're going to Peter Luger's for dinner every Friday. Okay, how come our president cannot go to these people and say, "Hey, we're going to give you a sanction"? Thousand percent. But guess what? Guess what? By the way, he is keeping some of the folks who are seeking asylum on the other side of the border, uh, the Venezuelans. Uh, but you're mm-hmm. right. You're right. He is he is trying to have it both ways because he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to draw attention, first of all, to his crazy policies that have created this because he is in denial, denial, denial. And he wants us all to be the same way. Uh, let's go to Denise. Line four. Denise, your thoughts about all this. Yes. Hi, Rita. I am furious about the past few years that Biden has done anything to destroy our country. To go into the strategic oil supply is putting our country at risk. He's playing politics in every way possible. Now, enough is enough. He has, he has done grave harm to our country, the fabric of our country, our military, our constitutional base. It's time for us to look at the midterms, which is right around the corner, rally as Americans and say enough is enough. We will not take enough um, anymore from Biden. He is the enemy from within. And it's time to stand up for what we stand for as American citizens, our military, and, and our policies, and our constitutional rights. Bravo. You know, Denise, I agree with you. It is outrageous, and it is so important to vote for people who care about security of our country, care about Americans first, and do the best that we can when we go to that voting booth in November, everybody. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.